This is the Visionary Collective podcast, helping visionary, purpose-led entrepreneurs and leaders come together to activate their biggest visions and have the unshakable confidence to build a successful and fulfilling life and business that makes a difference in the world. I'm Lisa Mitchell, and I'll be sharing everything you need to create the foundations and growth to build your legacy. You know you are here to do something bigger as part of the Visionary Collective. So hi, and welcome to this episode. And I am delighted today to have Natasha Lee Bray as a guest on the podcast. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for today. (laughs) And me. We may break the internet. The level of energy is going to be high. So we'll see whether the technology manages us. So I'm just going to intro Natasha so you know who we're talking to. And then we're going to get into a really meaty conversation about building a visionary business. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, go and do that because I'm talking about what's my vision for a visionary business. And then my guests this month are really expanding on that. So Natasha Libre is a success mastery coach, a healer, a teacher, and a multi-seven-figure founder of her own personal brand and the School of Healing Mastery. She promotes deep healing and transformation for high achievers and leaders who want revolutionary impact, love, wealth, and success. And she does that over 70 countries worldwide. And I have to say before we begin that I have trained in Natasha's unique method called heart healing and been using that with my clients. And I would say to anybody who's listening to this episode, go check that out because it is extraordinary for coaches that want to work deeper, who want to clear trauma and really work deeply with their clients. So that's one of our connections, but it's extraordinary what you've created. Thank you. It's so odd hearing that because like 2017, which is not that long ago, I had no idea that I would actually achieve all of these things that I've achieved in in such a relatively short space of time. So it sometimes surprises me when I hear people talking about my bio Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's part of the visionary thing, isn't it? Is being able to quantum leap, be able to create beyond the realms of kind of what's normally possible. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you, Natasha. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you've come to be doing what you're doing today. Yeah, sure. It's quite a long story, so I'll try and compress it into something shorter. But back in 2017, I was on maternity leave with my first child. I've got two boys and I was a social worker at that point. I also had a business running on the side for a couple of years, but it's very different to the business that I have now. It was still linked to healing, but it was more healing through food. So making allergen-friendly, dairy-free, sugar-free products, food products for people, mostly healthy treats. It's so different to what I do now, but it was the same, I think the same desire to help people and heal people was there. It was just through a different way at that particular point. So I left my social work job just after maternity leave and decided to go all in on my business for various reasons. I always knew that my business was my purpose and for health reasons, really, I couldn't continue working full time, be a single mom to a young baby and also grow my business in the Mm. way that I want to. So... (laughs) It was a bit of a crazy moment where I decided, right, it's now or never. I'm going to go all in on my business. And I actually started training in some therapy, hypnotherapy, in order to help people with food issues. So my clients with with food addictions, for example, and struggles with weight loss to help them go deeper in healing that. And through the journey of training in some therapy modalities and experiencing a deeper healing on myself, my business started to dramatically, dramatically grow. 
And that's when I made the connection between your own personal healing and your business growth. Yes. You know, I'd been in groups networking with lots of other business owners up until that point, been in business a few years. My turnover was around 33 grand a year at that point, not profit, because obviously product-based business, a lot less profit. And I, I felt like I couldn't get over a certain like, target. I wanted a 5K month. I thought that that's going to be like the first milestone that allows me to comfortably look after my family and pay all my bills, you know, personal business bills. But it wasn't until I started doing that deeper healing that I flew straight past that milestone. And all of the women that I had networked with business-wise, they saw my business just explode Mm. quite fast. And that's where the work that I do now was born when I realized that actually I can apply this healing to working with women business owners who were holding themselves back and sabotaging themselves in their businesses instead of with women, their food issues. But actually the same healing works on all of them. Yeah. And so you've created a school, a training school for healing, heart healing, as I said before. But you've also, I mean, when you talk about a 33 grand turnover, I mean, now that must seem like wild that that was true in 2017. And now you've got a multi-million pound business. Yeah, yeah. It is a bit crazy when you think about that. Oh, yes. You know, now I can make 33 grand in one sale, you know, which is very different to where I was then. Well, as I said, my business started to grow really, really fast. And I don't think at any point I ever was focused on how much money I made. That was obviously just a really positive side effect of the impact that I was having. And what I realized through training in in hypnotherapy was that there was something missing for me. Mm. And obviously having a social work background, I've got, you know, a lot of knowledge in attachment, relational trauma. And I, I felt like that was the key piece that was missing from the, I guess, the standard hypnotherapy. So I actually started to develop my own techniques to work with that. So before long, the modalities I were using weren't what I trained in. They were what I had created myself. And and that was a combination of my professional background and knowledge from that, but also my own personal journey of healing from a lot of childhood trauma and witnessing the effect that I had on my business, but also every area of my life, my relationships as well, especially. Yeah, that's how heart healing was developed, a subconscious healing therapy that addresses relational trauma and the wounds of the heart to create huge shifts in people's capacity to receive more in every area of their lives and businesses. Mostly I work with business owners. And yeah, I I developed that method in 2020 officially after using it for quite a while and began to teach it to other therapists, professionals, doctors, psychologists, you know, and it's really, really having a huge impact. Mm. And you have a big, you have a big mission, don't you? What's your, what's your big mission in all of this? So the big mission through the heart healing therapy in the school is to heal 10 million hearts worldwide. But really, I think, you know, when we come to to my vision, it is about a safer, richer world for women and children. Having come from a background where, you know, I was from a poor family, went through chronic abuse through my childhood, witnessed a lot of women with not a lot of power, I would say, at the mercy and as a result of that their children were also at the mercy of abusive men Mm. 
And that is, you know, a really big driver for me. I always remember thinking to myself, I'm never going to let myself be in a position where I can't protect myself or, or my children. Mm. That doesn't mean there weren't mistakes along the way. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I think that's vir- that is virtually impossible, isn't it? To feel mistake free as a mom, you know, <laughs> as a parent. But also our blueprints for our relationships come from those early childhood experiences and I would say that was a massive motivator for me in my own personal change, but also for the impact that I want to create in the world on a global level as well. Yeah. And I think one of the things that was really powerful for me when I worked with that modality, Natasha, was recognising that I don't have a traumatic background as such, you know, nothing like, you know, what you experienced, for example, but I did have stuff that was trauma in my system. Mm. you know and and I think that's important to say right because some people think oh well I'm you know I, I don't know what I'm on about like why am I you know moaning on about my background when actually to all intents and purposes I came from a very secure background but the reality is it didn't really work for me and it didn't give me the confidence and the security and the safety to create what I need to create in the world so we all walk around with trauma right Yeah. And I think trauma is a bit of a scary word sometimes if it's something that you're new to talking about or or learning about. So I sometimes prefer to use the word wounds. And actually there are universal wounds that everybody has. You know, we've all felt rejected at some point in our life. We've all felt abandoned at some point. And, And different people get affected by these wounds in different ways. And they are essentially what causes the, if you want to call it trauma, it's those experiences um, and the person that was involved in that experience has left us with, um, you could call it a blueprint around rejection, which yes. makes you showing up in business as fear of selling or fear of asking for the sale. That's just one little example. Yeah. Fear of abandonment, underpricing your services, um, overgiving in your relationships. It's just some very brief examples of how that could appear in your life without even understanding necessarily that it is the side effect of a, a childhood wound. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think what's interesting about your methodology is it's kind of scientific and healing as well, isn't it? It's a combination of those pieces. So I, I feel like for me personally, that brings some power to it because you can talk to the head and you can heal the heart and you're doing both of those at the same time, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really feel like that's the balance of feminine and masculine, logic and heart. And I've just seen, like, like I, I've done loads of mindset work and I'm not knocking mindset work. It's definitely key, you know, working on thoughts and, and changing your thoughts and beliefs. But I just saw faster results mm. and real tangible results in terms of my relationships, my business, my income when I went to that deeper level of clearing those wounds on a heart level. Yeah. And also starting to open up a little bit more to spirituality. So I used to access my business support and my spiritual healing through through different people. And I thought, well why are we why can't we just bring this together yes. in something that works with both and delivers a really powerful punch. And that's, you know, really where heart healing comes in. Sounds a bit fluffy, but very powerful. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. It, well, it doesn't to me because I know the power of it. So. But it is interesting, is it? Because I've seen you and I, 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 I know I've resonated a lot with your journey and it has some parallels to mine of like coming out of the spiritual closet, yeah. right? And acknowledging that we are working with a higher power. 
And again, that can sound like, you know, a bit fluffy, but actually, you know, when I, because I work with creative people and visionaries, I say to them, they have like a direct line to the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I know all my best ideas come when I'm walking on the beach when I feel clear and happy and joyful, and then something will pop in. And I know you've had that experience with your business as well, haven't you? That your products, your services, the things that have come out have really come from that connection, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. The direct lines of the universe definitely resonates for me. And every single step of my business and every evolution of my business to what it is now has been guided by intuition, dreams, there's definitely been times I've resisted it as well. Um, yes. <laughs> but then my biggest successes have come from listening to that guidance, following that guidance. Mm. And also my, I wouldn't call them regrets. I don't believe in regrets, but there's definitely, you know, I definitely realize when I haven't followed my intuition and things don't go as I expect them to. And I know that's yes. definitely part of the reason for that. I've never had a business strategy, but I have, or a business plan, but I have two companies that turn over multi-millions. And I never had any sort of background in business. I was a social worker. So logically, I shouldn't have had the success that I have now. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think sometimes, I think sometimes if you've got more knowledge about something, in some ways it can hold you back because you come with this kind of like rules and theories and legacy about it. Whereas if you just, if you don't have that, you kind of have to make it up as you go along in a way, don't you? I literally feel like I've just been winging it the whole time and <laughs> chasing my tail the whole time. Like, oh, didn't realise this was going to work the way, it, yeah. you know? Yeah. But no, I don't, there is intuitive strategy. You know, I kind of underplay myself a little bit, but a lot of it is intuitive. And when I reverse engineer what I've done, I can... I'm almost shocked at the very good strategy that seems to be there intuitively behind that, through that connection to the universe. But I totally agree with what you're saying there, because my partner is sort of in the business world, financial world, and I think he vicariously lives his business dreams through me, but because he is so like, you know, risk focused, you know, all of those things. Mm. And with being a trained accountant, being in the financial industry. He has all these business ideas, but just never gets started on them. Yes, yes. Because when you try and plan too much and think about the how too much, you just don't actually get started. Sometimes the fear of it takes over. Yeah. You know, I often say that all my best decisions have been illogical. Mm. It's like I was saying to actually a new client yesterday that when I moved to Bournemouth, where I live now, the people who lived in my previous location were like, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you move away from all your support? Like, how are you going to look after your daughter and work? And you don't have any support. And you don't know anybody. And I was like, yes, that's all true. And But I can't, I just know that's the thing to do. And I probably have, well, I undoubtedly have more support here than I've ever had, you know, and more integration and alignment here than I've ever had, you know? So, but if you looked at it logically, you'd never have done it. It didn't make any sense, that decision, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about being a visionary and leading your business with intuitive guidance and all the things mm-hmm. we've talked about. Yeah. And balancing that with having a team. Mm. It Well, you know, two businesses yeah. that have people in them, right? Because when I've worked with visionaries, I find one of the issues is how do I take what I know intuitively, my vision, and kind of activate that through other people? Like, how does that process work? So I'd love to hear your experience and views on that. So it's definitely she's giggling. You can't see, but she's giggling at this point. <laughs> I would say that's been one of the biggest challenges, like in yeah. in full honesty, because 
when there's less people to think about, it's easier to just always follow your intuition and your heart and just, you know, I guess in the earlier stages of having a team, I had, you know, only a couple of people working for me, but we were very like cohesive and they would just pick up the pieces after I'd launched something new over the weekend or something. When they come in on a Monday, they're like, ah, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) She's been at it again. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, there were several conversations about not planning things a bit more along the way as well. But what I found is that that kind of took away the magic of Mm. intuitive business. Like when intuition strikes, there is this piece about taking action fast on it to bring that into successful reality. And I always find if I delay something to do it at a more logical time, it doesn't quite work in the same way. Yeah. So it's definitely been quite a journey as the team's expanded. I have a team of eight now, mostly employees. Part of the reason for that is because it was very difficult working with contractors. Yes. When I have a lot of last minute ideas and fast intuitive action that I want to take. So one of the reasons I have an employee team, which is not the norm usually for an online business like mine, was so that we could take fast action and have the people on hand to do that around the intuitive ideas, really. So I guess now we've found a balance where we have some structure around our main launches, our main programs, such as the Ultimate Uplevel Academy, which is the signature program in my personal brand, and then the certification part here then. They have set times where they launched, which gives the team a little bit of stability around knowing when some big workloads come in. And then we just leave space for the magic and the intuition in between that. So, yeah. So it's interesting what you say, though, isn't it? Because I've seen this so many times in bigger business run by a founder that and we we had a little chat about this before that somebody comes in and wants to make your business more kind of corporate and more yeah. organized. Yeah. And then you think, oh, my gosh, it's just like the buzz has gone out of it. The magic's gone out of it. And I see that definitely happened last year. So usually year on year, we double or triple our turnover, which is illogical growth. (laughs) Last year, we did increase our turnover, but it wasn't to even like anywhere near a significant level in terms of how we have previously. And I really looked at this and thought, what was different? I realized it's because we tried to make everything logical. (laughs) Mm. It's not making no sense to logical people, I know. I I called a team meeting and I was like, we're not a logical business. And, And I think trying or, you know, having people come in, try to corporatize it so that it works more efficiently for the team actually doesn't work the same way for the business. Yes. So I think it's been like a huge learning curve, really, of trying to find the balance, I guess, between the magical and the logical and you know, creating an environment that is not too stressful for a team to work in. Yes. And how have you found it as the leader of that team? Because this is the first time that you've been a leader also, isn't it, of, of a team of that size? And Yes. I've always been like, you know, a social worker, loan worker in homelessness services. I never even really ever had a good manager to role model when I had a leader manager within my own business. I definitely think, again, that's been a learn- massive learning curve. And I don't think I've always got it right. Absolutely. Hand, hands up there. It's been a learning curve. And I think not hiding from my team has been a key thing because I, like, as I mentioned, I've always been alone worker prior to this solo entrepreneur and then very quickly growing a you know 
a big team to me, not necessarily to some companies, but a big team to me, I had to get comfortable with trying to get them on board with my vision and really be more visible for them in terms of within the business. So we have monthly team days. And I've noticed like really magical things do happen when we have our team days and we are connecting more around the vision of the business. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I always say that I I think the, the challenge for the visionary founder is creating that connection. Yeah. And also having people go, okay, I, I get Natasha's vision. What does that mean to me? Mm. Like, how do I resonate with that? What does it mean for me in terms of my own personal development and the journey that I'm on? Yeah. So can I expand and grow as a human being within this container? Yeah. That's Natasha's business, you know? And I think if you hit that sweet spot, it creates a kind of compounding effect, you know? But it's so easy to feel like as a founder, like everything is on your shoulders, you know, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, run the business and come up with the ideas and inspire and motivate everybody. And now I've got to show up once a month for thinking team meeting. I'm not saying you feel like that, but you <laughs> see what I mean? It's like, because I know you also value your time and space, right? That yeah. you need that space creatively, you know? Well, I, I have actually hired a, a manager as well, because I, I realized that actually my strength is not in managing team members so that I can focus more on leading the business with somebody else managing the day-to-day team stuff. But we made a decision that we weren't going to be trying to do things the logical way again this year. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we're, we're open to unrealistic growth and unrealistic impact by not planning the how and every single one of my team members was on board they didn't think I was crazy I thought they were going to think I was crazy going into this meeting like guys we're not we're not doing it that way anymore we tried that last year stifled you know it feels like a ball and chain to me I can't count on that way Yes. So now I, I think our next team meeting, we're doing a manifesting day together, which, as I said, I thought I was thinking, you know, what are they going to think? Are they going to think Natasha's gone crazy a little bit here? But like I say, every single one of them was on board. I think they mm. they felt the way trying to do things the logical way wasn't quite aligning as well. Yeah. I guess that's when you know you've got the right team working for you. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I think they are, you know, there's something about your vision, your energy that's attracted them in, mm-hmm. right? So if we lose our energy as the leader, it's going to create that effect down as well. Do you know what I mean? If we're working in ways where we feel like we've had to constrain ourselves and put ourselves in a box, then it's going to, that energy is going to like run down the line, right? It's kind of, it's really interesting. And you know that if your energy is not on point, the business is going to not grow in the right way right yeah and there was you know several things that would have affected my energy last year but not having another baby being one of them (laughs) (laughs) but I do really believe that we tried like we we lost a little bit of the magic in terms of how we were doing things or yeah so you mentioned your baby. We should say that you've also created this extraordinary growth and, you know, expansion in your business financially and otherwise, while you've also had a second child. So you've got two children under the age of four. Is that right? Well, my oldest son is six. Oh, six. Okay. My youngest is one. So, okay. yeah, we, I, Jensen was 10 months old when I left my social work job to go all in on my business however I felt a a totally different level of anxiety around already having a multi-million pound company 
and then having another baby. So mm. I did really think, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to hold this? Yes. So that was really interesting. I think there was quite a bit of fear, but also like a lot of determination to be the one that could show people, yes, you can have a new baby and still hold a multi-million dollar company at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. So what's what's been your, because you've done it two very different ways, haven't you? You've been a single mom with Jensen starting your first business and you've had the baby this time with your partner and, you know, with a business already kind of ex- established. So yeah. it's a very different experience, isn't it, of those two? What's the challenges this time? So the challenges this time, I think, were the team stuff. You know, that that getting that right has been a challenge for a while. And I was trying to... While I was pregnant, I was trying to make sure that I had the right team in place and a couple of things didn't quite work out the way that I would have liked them to. So I, I definitely think some of the team aspect was was a bit of a challenge. Saying that also, though, there was a lot of support there because I did have some really great people working for me. So as much as it was a challenge, it was also a blessing in lots of ways. Yes. As well, not just my team in my business, but my home team and the support that I had around me was so different to the first time I had a child. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think there was really that many challenges this time because I did have a lot of support in place. Yeah. My partner took paternity leave, took six months off, fully paid by his his employer at the time. I took around a month off and just took it easier and had a maternity day a week. That was my choice. That's what I wanted. So it was very, very different experience. And, and yeah, I honestly feel like I already had built my business to the point of sustainability in terms of signature courses, signature programs. So I was able to reduce my one-to-one work quite significantly. Yes. Intuitively, I set up my business to be baby-proof before accidentally becoming pregnant again (laughs) yeah (laughs) there are no accidents in the universe you know that right yes (laughs) and I love what you've been standing for with it Natasha because again I think this is a bit of the kind of illogical bit of it of like you know I can have a baby and build the business and do this and do this and do this and I'm not going to say oh I'm going to wait or I'm going to slow things down for a year or do you know what I mean you're you're kind of you've got the pieces moving at the same time right so proving that you can have a business you can have a child two children which is a whole other challenge that I don't have but it doesn't slow you down and neither are you burning yourself out so when I I talk sometimes about people having it all but I mean in a positive way not in a kind of like oh my god I'm like now you know frazzled because I'm trying to have it all yeah but knowing that that's possible and you can organize and structure things around that and if it's aligned it will feel good you know yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are, of course, there are times, weeks or months where I'm working more than others, but generally I get a lot of flexibility now. And I love to work anyway, but yeah. I get the flexibility to work five till seven in the morning before the kids wake up and then deal with the kids. So, like, I just work around my life, really. Yeah. So, what do you think if you had to pinpoint? What's made this business like expand so fast and grow so fast over the last six, five, six years? What do you think it is that's created that extraordinary growth? I really think it's the combination of, you know, intuitive guidance or connecting to your intuition, but taking action on it fast. So the fast action and the intuition. Yeah. I 
don't really see anything as a failure if it doesn't go to plan it just needs to be tweaked and try again you know and I think partly because I was a single man initially uh, and for quite a while I think there was no option to fail like I had Mm -hmm. I had to make it a success so I think that my top strength is courage as well so I've got the courage to just take action and not make it mean anything about me if it doesn't quite go to plan and just dust myself off and keep trying until I yeah until something comes of it you know yeah and I think that's one of the things that I've learned from you is not to give up yeah it's so easy isn't it you know when we're passionate about something is we kind of put it out in the world and kind of give birth to it and then nobody signs up or it doesn't land in the way we want it to land and you know it's so easy to get disappointed isn't it and go oh there's not a market for it or it doesn't it's not going to work or it's not you know And it's one of the things I learned from you is to say, actually, do you know what? Maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe it's just not the right format. Maybe, you know, there's another way to think about this and to tweak it and and be agile with it, which is such good advice, I think. I've always sort of, I I learned that from you and I've really held on to that because it's really made me not give up at the first hurdle, you know? Absolutely. I, you know, I've had so many examples of times where I've had an idea and I'm like, I felt so strongly about it. And it hasn't, when I've put it out there, it hasn't quite landed, like you say, in the way that you want it to. But I think what I've realized is this this difference between what comes in intuitively and how you translate that to your audience. Mm. And it's that translation piece that we don't always get 100% like on point the first time, but you keep going with it. I love that. I think that's really powerful, actually. So that you can still trust your intuition, like there's something in it, you know, there's something to be done, but sometimes that, you know, maybe our brains get in the way, you know, along the way, or, yeah. you know, something happens that means that that translation, that putting it out there in the world wasn't quite aligned. Or, you know, I guess also maybe there's something in us that needs to be ready for it also. Absolutely. And and there are those ones that those intuitive nudges you take first action on, but there's also those ones that develop over time as well. Like for a long time, I knew I was meant to be working with business women, but I didn't know how. I just knew it wasn't as a business coach. And then eventually this work developed and I, it all made mm. sense then. Also, sometimes out of fear and all the wounds of the heart that we were talking about earlier, they can stop us putting our ideas out there and our soul calling out there. I remember the the success saboteurs work and the ultimate of Love Academy. I was dreaming about that for six months before I actually put it out there. And I, I've also found that your most successful ideas are the ones you will procrastinate on the most. Because mm. you fear the success is going to come from it. Yeah. So it's that moment, isn't it, when you get an intuitive hit about something and then you and then you kind of go, uh no I don't like either either I don't want to do it or you know there's that resistance right of kind of as you say putting yourself out there in a different way it still happens to me now I had an idea for a program and I was like yep but I mean like and I felt so strongly about it and I but I'm in the middle of a launch of something else I can't launch that at the same time I'll wait and I know I know that if I do that it just and I think it very logically it does not work in the same way yeah but I still do it now sometimes as well. It's the, yeah. the human getting in the way, I think. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. 
So what kind of impact do you see when people heal this trauma or the wounds, let's call them the wounds, when people heal those wounds? Because I've had this thing in my business recently where I've been integrating some deeper work into my corporate work and making the link for people that actually this personal work around the wounds is the thing that will catapult your business forward. Yeah. Or one of the things, certainly. Yeah. So what we don't realise, I think, or what many people don't realise is that we are we're in so many masks around who we think we should be, how we think we should act, keeping others happy, that we lose. And that comes from all of those wounds, the wounds of rejection, abandonment, betrayal, all of these things that have hurt us in some way. Because we want to avoid the pain of feeling that way again, we become who we think people want us to be. Mm. And you're... Your most powerful and successful self will always be from being who you really are. Yeah. And when we heal these wounds, we peel away those masks and those layers of conditioning, essentially, that have changed who we really are or dimmed who we really are since childhood. And then your natural magnetism shines through. Yes. You don't fear putting an offer out there in case somebody laughs at you or or, or nobody wants it. You don't fear having long-term relationships in your life and having deeper connections with people, more intimacy. So all these things, Mm. I think, you know, even high achievers, you know, being addicted to work, that is a symptom of a wound. And we just don't realize that we're just this big walk-in set of symptoms. (laughs) And so we start to, to uncover and heal those things and see how different life can actually be and how much freer internally and externally you are once those things are not there anymore yeah and I think the beautiful thing also is that then we don't pass that through the generations do we I mean I know you talk a lot about being a cycle breaker yeah you know there's certain ones of us that choose to break the cycle of our families our background our conditioning all of those things Mm -hmm. and you know that's certainly true of my clients and the people that I work with I always work with the rebels and the people that don't fit in and all of those things so you know we're not just healing for ourselves are we we are doing it through through those lines which is so beautiful to me that we we have the capacity to do that yeah, you know, a lot of our behaviours and our conditioning comes from our parents, our grandparents, the, the things they went through and have sometimes unintentionally passed on those beliefs and those behaviours to us. So it's it's not even always our own stuff that we're dealing mm-hmm. with. It's sometimes the impact of the generations before us and what they went through. So much healing can can happen for all of the following generations when we are the ones that step up to break those patterns by simply by healing ourselves and being different, thinking different as a result of that. Yeah. And how we interact with others is so different then and it stops that passing on. Yes. So I'm sure there's some people listening to all of this and thinking, wow, I'd love to have the success that Natasha's had and, you know, build this business and have freedom because I think we're all looking for freedom and fulfillment ultimately, aren't we? And to you know, to be able to shine and do our thing, you know? And I think that's, to me, the more I I speak with people recently, and I work with big businesses and smaller businesses, and, you know, I'm hearing this across the piece that people want to have meaning in what they do, you know, and feel like there's me in what I do. Those days of going into the office and just doing your thing, coming back out again, uh, I think are really diminishing. So, 
Do you have some top tips that you would give people? Like if I'm thinking, gosh, I really want to build a successful business and, you know, have this kind of success. What would be your top tips that just to get somebody kind of moving on this piece? I think well, obviously exploring sort of personal development and healing work just for yourself, you know, will just have such a, a powerful impact on everything in your life. I'm a big advocate of that for anyone as a natural side effect of more success happens. So that's an added bonus to yeah that work. I think being open to that belief in something higher, whether that's the universe or God or you know, whatever else you might believe in, just that openness to something higher can be very comforting in hard moments. And, you know, it feels scary sometimes to take a big risk and to to jump into a business or a career that is a bit different to what you're doing now. So for me, like believing in something bigger and having to trust in something bigger really helps you in those times where things might feel a little bit scary or a little bit harder. Yes, that's definitely a big thing for me that I would hugely recommend. And I think probably a bit of a cliche, but believing in yourself. Yeah. And really the one person you can always really trust and believe that, that you can do it. I think belief is the essential first stage of anything. Yes. So what do you need to do or to change to believe in whatever your big vision is? Yes. And as I say, I totally agree with you that that when we're connected to something bigger than ourselves, it kind of doesn't become about you in the same way. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's something else bigger going on, you know? I had a moment with my daughter this week where she's got a bit of um, a conflict going on at work with somebody who's her friend, but they're having a bit of a kind of thing. And she said to me, you know, I'm so please that we talk about stuff at home mummy and we negotiate and we you know we know how to have disagreements and you know without falling out and without you know and you know it really makes me realize that the more we embody these pieces the more it goes across our whole lives you know with our kids with our partners with our work it's not just like do the strategy and you will get business success you know I think you and I are about integrated success, aren't we? Being happy in your life, having a good relationship, having happy kids, um, you know, having a successful business. It's the whole piece, isn't it? Yeah, honestly, I think you can't really be successful just based on money. No. And it's not fulfilling. There were, were times, I guess one particular time where I became a bit more focused on, you know, I've got this huge team to support. I've got to make sure I make this amount of money. And I just woke up so unsatisfied. Mm. And then I had to like really like work on my vision again. And like, why am I doing this? I've never, none of this has really been for the money. The money is just a side effect. Because if you only do it for the money, you, you will not be fulfilled. You will not be happy. Yeah. Wise last words, Natasha. <laughs> so what, what, what can, how can people get involved with you? What, what would you like to sort of say to people if they feel like, gosh, I really like what Natasha's been saying. I can feel maybe I've got some stuff to do. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So you can find me on Facebook, Natasha Lee Bray. You can go to my website, which is natashabray.com. There is a little assessment on there that you can do to uncover your biggest success saboteur that's holding you back right now. That's all completely free. And yeah, I'm, I'm open to connecting with anyone. I also have the school of healingmastery.com as well, which is more about training in my methods. So you can find out more about that there. 
Yeah. And I know you do a lot of, you know, free stuff and your quiz and different things that people can just get involved in your world, right? And then see whether they want to go deeper. So I really encourage you, if you're listening to this, to check out Natasha. And say we've worked together. I've done the heart healing certification. So I know how powerful your work is. But I just want to say a huge thank you to you for coming on today and sharing your wisdom and your journey. Because, you know, I feel really inspired chatting to you today. And I know lots of other people here will feel the same and it will give them some just some pointers in terms of like, how can they create this successful life on all levels? So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Visionary Collective podcast with myself, Lisa Mitchell. If you're a visionary founder or leader and want to transform your business, please do get in touch at lisa at lisamitchell.co.uk. 